As multiple weather events continue around the world, what is the threat to the global food system? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's find out. This is In America Today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City. Record flooding, wildfires, droughts, and hurricanes are happening across much of the United States and in countries around the world. Many experts say food and agriculture are at the heart of this discussion as food production is impacted by climate events. For more, let's bring in Jack Bobo, the director of the Food Systems Institute at the University of Nottingham. Jack, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So how are varying climates impacting agriculture? Well, it is a tough summer in a lot of places. Uh, For some farmers, it's floods that are making it difficult to to get into the fields. And in other places, droughts are drying up the fields and making it hard to, to plan for the harvest. And so really, we're getting all of the extremes that one can imagine uh, in different parts of the world. Now, some officials are predicting even more frequent extreme weather events on the horizon. What are some examples of what we might see? Yeah, well, I, I think that we see that in the United States. Uh, we've seen it in the last few years. You know, we went from years of drought in the American West and, you know, just watching the aquifers and the uh, the lakes and reservoirs decline to just record low levels and now, six months, nine months later, uh, we're having floods in some of those same areas. The aquifers and the reservoirs, fortunately, are refilling. Uh, but, you know, too much water is just as much of a problem as too little. And, you know, we can lose a lot of topsoil and make it difficult to uh, to plant in future years. So, so there are just a, a lot of challenges that come with this whipsawing of environmental impacts from year to year. So how will these impacts change over time moving forward? Yeah, well, you know, if if we step back a little bit, I mean, I I think that just putting it into perspective, this challenge that we have of feeding the world, you know, there are 800 million people who will go to bed hungry tonight. That's about 10% of all the people on the planet. And, you know, that's a huge challenge. So it's, it's enough of a challenge just feeding the people that we have. In addition, we have these new challenges in terms of climate, in terms of uh, drought and flooding and other things that are making it even more difficult to do that. So every day we have, you know, 8 billion people that we need to feed. We have 800 million people that are not being fed. And then we have this shifting environment that's making it harder to do that. Now, that's only going to get more challenging in the, the years and the decades ahead And that's one of the reasons why we really need to come up with new innovations, new solutions and things to, one, moderate the impact of that changing climate, uh, but also uh, to prepare new ways of preparing food uh, to lessen the impact of these environmental uh, disasters on, on our climate. Do you think leaders are doing enough right now? Well, I think that they could definitely do more. Uh, you know, agriculture and food is just central to our lives. You know, there's nothing we do uh, that's more critical to our daily survival than the food that we produce. And yet, when you look at investments of governments around the world, uh, 
most governments are spending 10 to 100 times more on medical innovations, which of course are absolutely critical compared to the amount that they're investing in food and agriculture. So, you know, $100 billion goes to the NIH and other institutions to, to prepare new drugs. And we're talking, you know, one or two or $3 billion that are going into agricultural innovation from governments. So there's absolutely room to be doing a lot more. And it's not just, you know, the uh, producing enough food, but we also need to be producing dramatically better food. Uh, we can have a long conversation about nutrition and obesity and challenges of health that are all related to the food we eat. So as you mentioned, you know, with some new advancements, people have more choices now than before, like being able to purchase alternative proteins in stores, as well as even in restaurants. Can you talk a little bit about some of these options for consumers? Yeah. So, you know, we have uh, a lot of new plant-based foods. We have uh, what some may have been reading about in the newspapers recently, cultivated meat, uh, what some journalists sometimes refer to as lab-grown meat. I'm sure the companies don't like that very much. Uh, but, you know, we have these new ways of producing food through uh, precision fermentation. So there are a lot of ways of helping to prepare uh, and produce protein that will be available in the future. And, and that's really important because by 2050, we need to double the amount of protein that's produced in the world. Uh, and that's because one, population is increasing, but also because people are, incomes are rising. And when they rise, they, they want to be able to buy more protein. And so food demand is increasing even faster than population. And so when we think about it, we don't really want to get to 2050 and have doubled the amount of livestock on the planet. You know, in many ways, that would be an environmental disaster. So we really need to be developing these new alternative proteins to help fill that gap to creating a sustainable, nutritious, and equitable future um, that allows everybody to thrive. And so there, there's a real need to, uh, to be successful in some of these alternatives. At the same time, of course, we need to improve how we're producing the food that we currently do today as well. Now, of course, sustainability is a buzzword that we hear across the sectors. You know, what is sustainability in this conversation and what does it have to do with food? Yeah, well, you know, I, I like to say, you know, that in some ways there's there's no such thing as sustainable agriculture. And that's because agriculture has been getting better every day uh, for the last 50 years and it will continue to get better every day on into the future. So I like to say that, you know, sustainability is a journey. It's not a destination. But in terms of agriculture, you know, in many ways, there's nothing we do that has a bigger, more negative impact on the planet than agriculture. And at the same time, of course, there's nothing more critical for our daily survival. Um, agriculture is driving some of those impacts in terms of climate change at the same time that it's being impacted by them. Uh, for example, 40% uh, of all the land on Earth is currently being used for agriculture. The amount of cropland is the size of South America. The amount of pasture land is the size of Africa. So in terms of land, there's just nothing more important than agriculture. And so we don't really want to expand that footprint in order to produce more food to feed people. If we were to talk about water, 70% of all the fresh water we use is going to agriculture, which again, in times of drought is why that, that becomes so critical because we're choosing between um, adequate water for people 
and for the crops that are needed to feed the people. Uh, if we were talking about emissions uh, related to uh, greenhouse gas emissions, almost a third of all emissions are related to agriculture, about 15 or 20 percent directly from agriculture, another 15 to 20 percent from deforestation, 80 percent of which is caused by agriculture. So, you know, in terms of land and water and emissions, uh, agriculture is having a big impact on sustainability, um, but we also need to be able to do it better. And so that's where a lot of this investment in research and innovation is so critical. Now, food loss and waste is another big issue. How can this be reduced? Yeah, well, there's certainly a lot of interest in trying to find ways of reducing food waste and loss. About a third of all food is wasted pre-consumer in low and middle income countries. And about a third of food is wasted post-consumer in uh, the advanced economies in the U.S. and Europe and places like that. And so that's an enormous amount of food that could be going to uh, to feeding hungry people. Uh, part of the problem, though, is that food waste is not one problem. It's a hundred problems because how food is wasted, if it's a vegetable versus fruit versus meat versus packaged goods, um, they're all different. Three of uh, most wasted food items are uh, potatoes, bread, and apples, you know, in the United States. And so how those get wasted in our diet are, are just often very different. And so we need to come up with lots of different solutions to solving those problems. Uh, you know, one example just relates to, you know, the best buy date on your food package. I'm sure all of us have mm. gone to the grocery store and we saw that it's, you know, going to expire tomorrow. And we thought, oh, I don't want to buy that product. Well, the best buy date, you know, doesn't mean it's going to go bad. It just means it might not taste as good. And so it's more of a quality mark rather than a food safety issue. Um, but because of that, Thanks many so people much. get home and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, you get home and you, you see something on your shelf and you see mm. that it's expired and you just throw it away because, you know, you, you want it to be safe for your family, but that's mm -hmm. contributing to that waste. And maybe it wouldn't have tasted as good, but it's probably perfectly safe. Jack, great conversation. Thanks for your time. More Ticker News right after this.